Good morning. If you're joining us for the first time, you'll ca- you're catching us. Um, we've been in the book of Revelation, um, really, for off and on for, for two years, really, a year and a half. And we'll finish it um, at the end of this year. But uh, you're at, uh, you've come in, in the, we had a three-week chunk just in the book of uh, Revelation chapter 16. And so we're finishing that today. Uh, and so you can turn your Bible there to Revelation chapter 16, beginning in verse 17. Before we get there, I just want to uh, give you uh, a few things that you can be uh, connecting to and, and praying about. <clears throat> we have several things coming up soon for kids. Number one, we have Center Kid coming up, and we take a group of third through fifth graders, uh, third through sixth graders, to uh, a camp in, at Lee University called Center Kid. And out in the lobby there, you can pick up either a bracelet that says pray on it, or if that's not your jam and you would rather have a keychain, we have those as well. Anything that would remind you to be praying for these folks on this card, you can pick up one of these cards as well. And uh, I'd appreciate that. I'm, I've, uh, I'm one of the uh, group leaders going, and so um, it's a fun week, but it's exhausting too. So pray pray for me and all of our adults so but also you will find out in the lobby a game piece Uh, our um, airborne this year is called follow jesus and it's kind of got a theme of board games and kind of twists and turns kind of thing and so we have these game pieces out in the lobby and want you to pray uh, for airborne several things number one we are in need of more volunteers so be praying for volunteers and uh, if you haven't volunteered yet, we'd love for you to be a part of that. And uh, like, don't hear me say, hey, come volunteer and you got to walk with like, you know, five unruly children all night. That's not necessarily what's going to happen. So we'd love for you to come and, and plug in in various ways. We need help in registration. We need help uh, in other areas as well. And there's uh, the more adults we have, the more hands we have uh, to make sure that no one's having to... Um, you know, be with just one group of kids by themselves, uh, which we wouldn't do anyway because our we we have a bigger ratio than that. So, but we it's a great, but also be praying for kids to come. And so, grab one of those on your way out. You'll see those on the table in the back. Well, let's jump into Revelation chapter 16, beginning in verse 17. And I just want to kind of give you a brief reminder of what we've been talking about. In the whole series, but particularly in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 16. In the whole series, we've had as our aim and as our goal to keep our hearts and minds attuned to Jesus. Uh, That's really what the book of Revelation is about. It's about Jesus. Just like all the other pages of Scripture, we see Jesus revealed. We see Jesus in the Old Testament somewhat hidden, somewhat uh, in the shadows, if you will, or a shadow of what was to come, the promises of Jesus to come. We see Jesus come on the scene in the New Testament to fulfill all the things prophesied about him. And throughout that, we see people being changed by Jesus' life, in the Gospels, and <clears throat> we see people changed in the book of Acts and in the uh, letters to the various churches that, that were written. <clears throat> and then we come to the book of Revelation, and oftentimes we kind of 
set it aside because a lot of times we don't know what to do with it. And so I set back, set forth uh, probably three years ago, two and a half years ago, feeling like the Lord was leading me to not set it aside, but to dive deep into it and try to determine what it is that we need to see in this to help us in our walk and in our faith. And uh, I don't know about you, but it has been so helpful to me to see the things that have been unfolding, that have unfolded, and that will unfold, and how we see Jesus so clearly as conqueror, as king, as Lord, as transcendent, as glorious and beautiful. And my prayer is to continue to do that. In the book, in chapter 16, we, we, we've gotten to this point where we've looked at each of these sets of seven, uh, we, we had the seven seals broken, we had the <clears throat> seven trumpets that were trumpeting warnings and woes, and then we get to this moment of seeing these seven bowls of God's wrath being poured out at some point onto the world. And so we've been talking about God's judgment, which is everyone's favorite topic. It's a joke. And, but I do have good news, and that's that we're going to set it aside for just a little while longer. And during the summer, we're going to be in the book of Psalms, sharing various Psalms uh, through the summer. Well, one thing I've tried to do in the entire book of Revelation, but especially in chapter 16 is to do what the book already does but to do it for us as well and that is to hold intention and uh, in in, in it's, it's there it's in, in the book already but to hold together the fact that two things are happening at once number one yes we do see the judgment of God and we see the wrath of God yet at the very same time we see the love of God displayed in the cross of Christ and the sacrifice that Jesus made. And so I've tried the best I can to hold those two things in tension, to not be so infatuated or um, you know, intent on just talking about the judgment of God without helping us <clears throat> to realize and to see that the love of God and the cross of Christ are ever-present as well. This passage actually does that anyway, and so it hasn't been hard. But the judgment of God can be jarring. The bowls of God's wrath, uh, blood-tainted water, and giant hailstones, and all these things can be jolting and jarring especially if we miss the tension that is there. And so as we close out this section, we really need to see so, we really see so clearly the judgment of God held in tension with the cross of Christ. Let me show you. <coughs> if you're able, would you stand in the honor of God, reading God's word in Revelation chapter 16, beginning of verse 17. Then the seventh poured out his bowl into the air, 
And a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, It is done. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. And a severe earthquake occurred like no other since people have been on the earth. So great was the quake. The great city split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. Babylon the great was remembered in God's presence. He gave her the cup filled with the wine of his fierce anger. Every island fled and the mountains disappeared. Enormous hailstones, each weighing about a hundred pounds, fell from the sky on people and they blasphemed God for the plague of hell because the plague was extremely severe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I want to examine two things Jesus has completed by his power that we see in this passage. Two things that Jesus has completed by his power. Number one, and if, if we're not careful, we'll miss it because it's, it is alluded to or it is it's meant for us to see, but it's not in this exact moment. It's, it's an illusion that's pointing back to something, and if we're not careful, we'll miss it. And so I want to draw that out for you today. Number one, Jesus completed redemption on the cross. Aren't you so glad that <clears throat> redemption was accomplished by our Savior on a cross so that one day when judgment comes in its full and final weight, the weight of 100-pound hailstones that you and I, because we've trusted in the cross of Christ, do not receive the judgment of God. The phrase in this passage, it is done, that is uttered from the throne in a loud voice, recalls when Jesus from the cross spoke the same phrase when he says, it is finished. It's meant to call back to that moment for you and I <clears throat> to realize in this moment something is done, but it, but it echoes this idea of something that was done before, that was completed on our behalf, that was completed from that throne. In fact, the following rumblings and peals of thunder and earthquakes mimic what took place at the cross when Jesus breathed his last An earthquake happened and the veil was torn from top to bottom so that you and I would no longer have to go through man and a priest in the temple to go and worship God, but you and I could go through Jesus Christ and his completed work on the cross and have full access to the presence of God because of Jesus Christ and what he did. And so you see, when this new utterance of it is done happens, it's meant to remind you and I of what already happened and what already was accomplished and what Jesus already did so that we would know and understand and realize that the judgment that's coming, the judgment that is finalized, the judgment that's about to happen does not pertain to you and I. It does not fall upon you and I. It's this one little moment, again, that Jesus puts in here, this glimpse to say, If you know me, if you've trusted in me, if you've trusted in my cross, if you've trusted in what I've done, then this does not pertain to you. 
because that was completed back then. And you and I have placed our trust and our faith in the cross of Christ and in the finished work of Christ. Now listen, <clears throat> if you or I find ourselves in this place where the judgment of God is done and we do not cling to the cross of Christ then we are in a way worse spot but if we know Christ we have hope we have life we have forgiveness because what he accomplished on the cross is complete think to the cross Jesus seemingly weakened and powerless beaten within an inch of his life Jesus utters the words empowered by God the God of the universe it is done it is finished in that moment though he seemed weak and worn and completely powerless the most powerful words were uttered that day because he had accomplished the ability to be redeemed he had taken on the punishment of sin he had endured the wrath, the wrath of God <coughs> excuse me on the behalf of those who trust in him for redemption of sin and thus finished done it means that it was completed <clears throat> revelations stark warnings are weakened because Jesus has brought our redemption with his blood. He's bought our redemption with his blood. And so the stark warnings of the book of Revelation have no power over those who are in Christ. They have no power over you and I if we have placed our trust in what Christ accomplished on the cross. Aren't you thankful for the cross? Aren't you thankful that Jesus died so that you could have forgiveness of your sins so that your sins could be washed away so that the Holy Spirit could empower you and live in your life and keep you uh, away from sin and keep you running toward the cross and keep your eyes fixed to Jesus so that when judgment will come it doesn't come for you aren't you thankful that when Jesus died he accomplished the wrath of God it was poured out and placed on him so that you wouldn't have to receive it Aren't you thankful that Jesus died so that you wouldn't have to face the finality of this moment yet to come? Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that the hope of salvation is still offered up for your loved ones who yet have, to, have chosen to turn? That as long as there's breath in their lungs that they can receive the salvation and aren't you thankful that you and I have been given marching orders to go to people who are lost and dying without Christ and present the gospel to them so that maybe maybe they might just trust as well aren't you thankful that because of the cross of Christ the judgment of Christ the judgment of God no longer awaits you and me.
Scripture informs us that you and I become a part of that plan when we by faith trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins by calling on the name of our Lord for salvation. And again, judgment was placed on him so you wouldn't need to endure judgment for yourselves. And so may we continue to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins today. May you today, if you're in this place and have not trusted in the finished work of Christ on the cross, won't you run to Christ today? Won't you run to the cross today? Won't you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today? Won't you place your faith in him today? Once you cry out to him, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that he who believes in his, uh, with, with his heart that Jesus is Lord and confesses with his mouth that God raised him from the dead, he will be saved. Romans 10, 13 says that whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. So friends, if you're here today and you don't know that hope, you don't have that hope, you don't have that assurance, you don't know that you know that you know that Christ has died for you and that you've trusted in that. Why don't you cry out to him today so that the truth of God's word can be true in your life, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you cry out to Jesus today? The second thing that we, we must examine and realize is that <clears throat> Redemption is completed on the cross, but Jesus completed judgment from his throne. Now, this passage recalls the cross, but the phrase here is quite a bit more daunting. At this moment, the seventh bowl is poured out, and it said it's poured out in the air. And if you remember that <clears throat> Scripture tells us that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. So what Jesus is doing here is he's pouring out his judgment on Satan, on the world, and all that is in it. Now it's daunting because at this moment, as the seventh bowl is poured out, and is stated that the judgment is done. This is a moment in the future, and there is a moment in the future where the judgment of Jesus will be completed. Jesus no longer in a seemingly weakened state, but now triumphant and glorious and clothed in power will utter the same words, but they will condemn. Were the other words saved, <coughs> this, this utterance of these words will be condemning and they will be done I wonder do we recognize Jesus' ultimate authority and power to complete redemption and judgment in our lives modern Christianity, western Christianity particularly has weakened Jesus Minimizing him to some benevolent, only benevolent puppy dog type of God who only wants to condone our ways and sweep our wrongdoings under the proverbial rug. 
But here we hear a loud voice booming. Booming from the throne with power, stating the finality of judgment. I wonder, could we just sit in the weight of that for a moment? We just stand in the somber moment of this passage and what it brings. Maybe, perhaps, we could even just strip away everything else for a moment. And realize we've made this into something that it never should have become. We focus on the wrong things. We've relegated Jesus to our own desires and our own whims and our own ways. But what we see in this passage is that Jesus has the authority and the power and the, the he is he is glorious, he is transcendent, he is on his throne, he is high and lifted up, he has the sole authority to do whatever needs to be done, and he will enact his judgment one day on all who choose to turn from him and choose to turn away from him and choose to turn toward the one who has the power of the prince of the air. He, do you see that we, we don't realize and grasp and understand how powerful Jesus is and the ability he has to one day enact final judgment. Now remember, we cannot forget the cross. We cannot forget the fact that the cross stands as a beacon, as a lighthouse, as something to run to. As we see and realize the impending judgment, we see and realize that there is a way out. There's a cross that we can run to. There's a Christ that we can go to. But we must must realize that Jesus is worthy of our worship and adoration and praise, not merely for what he has done or what he can do for us. That's not what Christianity is about. It's simply, well, I'll worship God and I'll worship Jesus so that he can be my genie in the bottle and grant my wishes. We must bow before him in humble adoration and realize that he is all-powerful God who's worthy of our worship. And yes, he does love us. And yes, he is kind and compassionate. But he also does not leave rebellion unpunished. He does not leave the guilty unpunished. And so he can be at the very same time loving, compassionate, kind and gracious and still willing and able to judge in just a moment we're going to sing a song and sometimes I think when we sing song <coughs> we, we kind of sing them and we, we don't think about them as much maybe it's just me <clears throat> so I thought I would read the words When the music fades <clears throat> and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required. 
you search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. And I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours, every single breath. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you. Jesus, it is all about you, Lord. You are the king of endless worth. You are the king of the universe. And you have, you deserve all worship, adoration, and praise. And you've made a way, Lord, you've made a way for us to have forgiveness, have salvation. You've made a way through your cross. And so God, as we in just a moment sing those words, would you help us to come back to the heart of worship? Would you help us to strip all things away and to focus on you, to bow before you, Lord, because you're worthy. And Lord, would you peer into our hearts and help us, Lord, to strip all things away and look to you. Thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that we can worship you. And thank you, Lord, that salvation is available to us and not just judgment. Help us, Lord, to praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand? As you stand, we're going to sing. However God is moving in your heart, you do business with God today. Maybe it's you need to come and pray. Maybe I'd, I'd be glad to pray with you. I'd love to share how to trust in Christ and to follow him. Maybe it's to come and look at what it means to be a part of this church and grow in faith and be a part of this faith family. However God is working in your life, would you listen to him and would you come? Let's sing together these words.